When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it. Because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 at the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He's Paul Vitino. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you for the next 60 minutes and multiple ways you can interact with us here on the program. 201-939-4513. That is option one on Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. And as a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So we're gearing up for Week 18 in the NFL, the regular season finale. Giants visiting the Philadelphia Eagles, second matchup between these teams after the Eagles won several weeks ago at MetLife Stadium. But the Giants, they have nothing to gain from a mathematical playoff standpoint. They are locked Mm -hmm. into the sixth seed. So clearly the biggest storyline is, well, what is Brian Dable's approach going to be to this game? Now, he spoke to the media earlier today, Paul, and he did rule out Aziz Ojolari and Leonard Williams. I don't think that's a surprise. Both guys have been on the injury report. Both have been dealing with nagging injuries. Leonard Williams with the neck. He spoke to the media the other day, said it's something that's probably not going to get solved until the offseason where he just stops playing football for a little bit. And Aziz, we know, has dealt with multiple injuries and only played about seven snaps in the last game anyway Mm -hmm. because they had a comfortable lead over the Indianapolis Colts. So players like that, it goes without saying. There's no point to throwing them out there. Why risk re-aggravating an injury if already they're coming into the game with something? Then there's the players that are not dealing with anything. Correct. Who are in relatively healthy shape. You could argue from a momentum standpoint, there's value in playing them. And then, of course, there's a risk with anybody in putting them out there because we have an injury-prone sport that we're talking about. I have been campaigning heavily, and this goes back, Paul, to the conversation that you and I had on Monday after we recapped the Colts game. I do think there is value in the way you play late in the season and momentum carrying over into the postseason. I think we've seen that with previous Giants teams. I think we've seen that with other wild card teams that have gone on these magical Super Bowl runs. And I want to highlight the offense here because you could argue the Giants offense is coming off 
two straight games where they probably have played their best football from a consistency standpoint. Total yardage around 400 yards in both of the games against the Vikings and the Colts. The point total you like as well because even with Landon Collins scoring on a pick six, the Giants offense still put up 31 against the Colts. So from that standpoint, I personally, and this is my opinion, I would play some of the offensive starters who are not banged up because I'd like to see a continuation of that. Even if it's for a quarter or two, I do think that adds some value. I totally disagree. And my take on it is that this team is low on gas. They have had so many guys beaten up, battered, bruised. Certainly the guys on the injury report and guys who haven't been playing and stuff, we know about them. Excuse me, but what it comes down to for me is that I know that there are guys on that offensive line who have been laboring just to get to the end of the season. And is and, and I equate it to the Indianapolis 500, okay? You, you do your laps, you get near the end of the race, but you've got tires that need air, you've got an oil change that needs to be done, or you're not going to make it to the finish line. And so for these guys to get that second bye week, gives them a sporting chance to go into the playoffs at near full strength to where they can best represent themselves. Uh, I believe that their health and their ability to reload and to put gas in the tank is far more important than any rhythm or momentum that people want to mysteriously pull out of the air. Well, I don't think it's mysterious. I mean, once again, I think you could look at well-documented examples of teams that were playing their best football late in the season. For example, the Bucks when they won the Super Bowl two years ago. They were a 7-5 and five team. They won their final four games, and they then went on a four-game winning streak in the playoffs. Now, you could say that was more of a veteran team in comparison to the sure. Giants. Sure. Okay, there's going to be differentials in terms of the makeup of the roster. A higher level of roster and probably a lot more healthy than this team has been all season. And all fair points, but also huge factors. Sure, but once again, you had been campaigning for this, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you said there's value in a young team getting postseason experience. Did you not say that over the last few weeks? Absolutely. Okay, I just want to make sure that I'm accurately portraying what you had mentioned. So, you want to get those guys geared up and ready for what they are going to taste for the first time for a lot of these players, meaning they have not been exposed to the caliber of postseason football, why it's different the level of intensity. And you want to, once again, from my perspective, and this is my personal opinion, you want to carry over some of that as opposed to having a week or two where there's not a lot of activity and then all of a sudden you got to put the key back in the ignition to use your vehicle analogy and just expect to hit the pedal and it being smooth sailing. If you continue to drive a car that has less air in its tires, you'll screw up your wheel alignment. If you continue to drive a car that doesn't have enough oil in the motor, you will blow the engine. And then what good does that do you? Well, then, based on your analogy, if we're really taking it deep, you're arguing then that the foundation of this team is on shaky grounds then. No, what I'm saying is that once you get that pit stop taken care of, you're now giving yourself a legitimate chance to finish the race and to do something important. See, I'm not just make the playoffs and you're in, especially with the Minnesota Vikings staring the Giants in the face. I'm of the opinion that the Giants will beat the Minnesota Vikings if they face them in the first round of the playoffs, which means it's not just a one-game deal. It means that, in my mind, the Giants have a realistic chance if they refuel, get oil in the engine, get air in the tires, they're in a real position to go at least into the second round. Now, 
in the second round. The likelihood is that they're going to face probably San Francisco or Philadelphia, and that's going to be a mountain to climb. And they're going to need every ounce of gas to even compete against those teams. But as far as Minnesota, no. They get healthy. They get themselves on track. They get their rest. They get their walking wounded back into into some semblance of conditioning. I'm telling you, I like their chances in the first round, and I say you go deeper into the playoffs. All the more reason why you've got to rest your guys. Well, you should always have that mindset. I'm with you because also one postseason run is not guaranteed to then carry over to the following season, right? How many times have you seen a team, they make the playoffs one year, and then they completely miss the playoffs the following year? So that's another reason why you shouldn't take any postseason opportunity for granted. But I will say whether they're playing the Vikings, the Niners, or wherever else you want to go down the road, the Giants need to put points on the board. And it's been encouraging what I've seen the last two weeks where they have put points on the board because you can't expect to go in the postseason and think that you're going to hold everybody in the ballpark of 17 to 20 points and your offense is only going to need 21 and then, boom, it's over. Everything's going to be in good shape. You're seeing now the offense finishing drives on a more consistent level. And if the, even if they go against Minnesota, Minnesota can put points on the board against this Giants defense, Paul. We saw it a few weeks ago. I know there's some questions about the offensive line and the back end of the defense in terms of the secondary, but with that receiving core, with Kirk Cousins' efficiency, the Vikings will test this Giants defense, which means you need another offensive type of performance like you saw two weeks ago as well as what you saw against the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm completely understanding the philosophy of resting starters. I just feel there's no harm in playing them a little bit if, once again, they're in good shape. If you're talking about if there's offensive linemen that are banged up, they got a knee issue, an arm issue, rest them. Fine. But if there's guys that are in relatively okay shape, I have no absolute issue in in throwing them out there for a little bit. Okay. I'll give you this. I could see Ben Bredesen playing. Okay. Well, they were rotating left guards anyway. I could see Nick Gates playing. I don't think the other three starters play. Well, Feliciano's been a little bit banged up, so I could understand him not playing. Mm-hmm. Andrew Thomas, I understand. He's you know. been banged up. Okay. Neil's been banged uh, up. Neil came Gl- back, though, from a knee issue. And, so. and Glowinski's been banged up. I would not let those guys touch the field. Remember, you could also argue the Giants against the Eagles is a pretty good test for the playoffs as a buildup because Philadelphia is playing its starters. So it's not like you're going up against... A team that A is not the making Giants the playoffs. The Giants just played Philadelphia and Minnesota in the last month. Sure. They know the level of competition they're well, going to but face. But also that Philadelphia game was not pretty, though, Paul. Oh, I understand that. But you're saying to give them the experience of playing an upper echelon team. They've already done that. And the team they're going to play next week, in all likelihood, is a team that they just gave hell to in Minnesota two weeks ago. Sure. But and, and they should have beaten. Well, I mean, listen, we could sit here and play the coulda, woulda, shoulda game. The bottom line is I'm talking about without interruption. You're playing caliber playoff teams. That's my point. We're not going to change each other's minds. We're just having a conversation. And and that's okay. You like vanilla ice cream. I like chocolate ice cream. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. Sure. I'm I'm certainly not going to move off of my stance on this. Paul, when I have a conversation with you, my goal, I've learned, I'm not trying to convince you. That's good. And this is not. (laughs) That's good. But this is never a competition. (laughs) I'm not looking for you to come to my way or me to come to you. We're having a conversation. Sometimes I feel. We're our points, and that's it. Sometimes I feel that your goal isn't to agree to disagree. Sometimes I feel your goal is to get me to move the needle. No, I never. Oh, that's good. But why would I care if you come over to my side? Sometimes, sometimes. why? Sometimes I think you 
do. But what does that get me at I, the end of the day? I have Explain no idea. It gets me nothing. I, what do you think? I run laps around the I, Giants facility because you agree with me? I have no I idea. I care less whether you agree with me Good. at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. Good. I'm, I'm giving glad. you my opinion. That's what our jobs are, to provide opinions and support them with facts. And that's exactly what we're doing. So I'm okay. not... I am not looking for you to come I, I just to want the dark Pier- side. I just want Pearson to agree with me. Well, listen, if that's as long your as goal, he agrees, then that's fine. As long as he agrees I, with me listen, and Coach Dable agrees with me, I'm very happy. Paul, there's one thing that I think you understand. <laughs> I am totally comfortable being on an island. I okay? understand that. So I can be on my corner. You could be on okay. your corner. And if the majority of individuals don't want to be on my island, that's fine. Okay. 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 I got more can, room. And we can, got both, more room to we can both share the pineapple that grow on the trees. That, that's fine. We can both pluck the pineapples off okay. the tree. I go my way. You go your way. Absolutely. I like that. There we go. Now, speaking of the postseason, I want to get to one other item before we move on here. So the NFL, this doesn't impact the NFC because everybody Mm -hmm. is going to play equal amount of games, but they have announced that the Bengals-Bills game will not be finished. There is perhaps some speculation. Maybe next week they would play it. Remember, they have a built-in week off between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. So I thought, okay, that would give them some leeway. They came to the conclusion they're not going to finish that game. And all the way, uh, by the way, a side note, thank goodness, DeMar Hamlin, Bill's safety, seems to be consistently improving. That is very good news. We're very happy to hear that. Great news. That they took the ventilator out of his mouth, and it looks like he's going to be breathing on his own. That's the latest report. So I just want to acknowledge that. Very good news coming out of the University of Cincinnati Medical Center and what those doctors did as well as the medical teams on both the Bengals and the Bills side, kudos to them because if they weren't in place and they weren't knowledgeable, who knows how that would have ended. So just want to acknowledge that. But getting back to an X's and O's standpoint, so the league has laid out a few different scenarios. The competition committee is going to vote on this today and that involves owners and coaches and it impacts basically Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati because the Bills-Bengals game was significant, was extremely significant, Paul. I mean, you had two teams with a legitimate shot for the number one seed. Cincinnati already beat Kansas City in the regular season. So the conclusion that they've come to is that if it gets to the conference championship game and the Bills are in it against Kansas City, what's going to happen is it's going to go to a neutral site. Mm-hmm. That was what their compromise right. essentially right. has come to. And if Cincinnati and Baltimore, by the way, who are playing this weekend, if the Ravens wind up beating Cincinnati and those two clubs are scheduled to play in the wild card because that is feasible, they're going to flip a coin to determine who ultimately hosts that game. So my initial reaction is, first of all, there's no ideal solution to this. We have to understand that. We're in uncharted territory. I get that. I still am a big supporter of going by winning percentage. Winning percentage is already in place as a rule. I don't think they need to rock the boat. I'm not a huge fan, Paul, of them shaking up the rules prior to the postseason. I would have said, hey, I understand it's not ideal for the Bengals and the Bills. We're not going to finish the game. I would just go by winning percentage, and the team with the better winning percentage ultimately still has the right to home field advantage. Okay. This is one of those things where I really don't have much of an opinion on it. I did hear the one to eight playoff scenario yeah, that which was I didn't floated like by Pro Football Talk yesterday. I thought that there was some merit to that one. Uh, I I hate to see the number one seeds, uh, you know, lose their bye, um, because no matter how you legislate this, there is going to be an inequity somehow, some way along the line. Absolutely. So then it becomes a question of okay, what inequity can you live with? What inequity 
is going to be palatable because there's nothing that that's going to be fair that whatever you decide here it's not fair okay there's going to be somebody who has a legitimate gripe who can squawk and say we got the short end of the stick so with that in mind in all honesty especially since it's afc only i didn't put much thought into it i said you know what Whatever they decide to do, they decide to do. And there will be someone who has a right to complain. And as long as there is no perfect answer, I wasn't going to sit here twiddling my thumbs trying to think about it. Now, I'm just being honest with you. No, and I get that. That's fine. I'm just, I'm looking at it. And once again, I cover the entire league. So I'm thinking about it maybe a little bit more than you are. There is a huge change in the dynamics of a conference championship game, though, Paul. And I think you would agree with this if you put that game on a neutral site. Absolutely. And you remove an advantage for one of the teams, meaning if it's at Arrowhead Stadium, if it's at Orchard Park, if it's in Cincinnati, well, complete change of the dynamics see, of that See, for game. me, that's why the, the little bit of thought I did give to it, I was kind of warming up to the pro football talk rumor about having a 1-8 game. I was kind of warming up to that because I, I said I, I probably can swallow that. I know the number one team in each conference is going to be very upset that they did not get their bye. Okay, I understand that. But here's what that plan would have done. It would have given the eight best winning percentages in each conference a playoff bid. It would have given all the higher seeds home games. It would have resulted in the highest remaining seed for the championship games getting their rightful home game as they had earned. I figured of all the possible things that were being discussed, I could could swallow the number one team losing their bye week. Hell, I remember years ago when there were no buys. So for me, again, I'm going back to old school mentality. I don't have that much of a problem with that. I get it. A team like Philadelphia was number one seed all year long, thinking they were going to get that week off. And now all of a sudden, if you pulled it away from them, it it does stink. Sure. Okay? I'm not disputing that. There's there's an unfairness to it. But I I think that would have been the most palatable thing for me. And I could have lived with that too. I, I don't love the idea though of once again all of a sudden rewarding a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs just to fill a void. So I couldn't necessarily well, get around the that. Only, the only way that you might be able to swallow that is if you thought of the fact that they made the decision before the final regular season game and there are still permutations in play, oh. and the team that was going to get the eight was going to have to earn it. This was going to have to earn it. No, sure, and they would have made you, that announcement prior. Right, you no, weren't going to just reward them and no, give them a free course. lottery ticket. No, they would have gone in saying, okay, hey, they made this tweak, so now what we do have you have to do to get a in? A little bit more motivation. So there would have yeah. been some elbow grease there. It wasn't a charity thing. No, that's absolutely fair. I just, once again, I don't love the idea of, and I understand this was unprecedented, and uncharted circumstances and uncharted territory, but I just I don't love changing rules right before the playoffs. That's something that you really need to think I about. I know, in the I know. That's I'm, what's hard to swallow. You know, under these circumstances, uh, I get it. I get it. The, these were the most of unusual circumstances, just as the pandemic was the previous two years, and then the Broncos had to play without a quarterback. I mean, yeah. or they moved the game to a Wednesday, and you know, I get that. Nobody, but, nobody could have predicted, you know, the tragic events that happened in Cincinnati the other night. And what happens in real life? What happens, Lance? We're dealt with something that comes out of left field that is horrific, that is terrible, 
that is tragic. And then you say, okay, that, that part of the story has to kind of sit on the table while you figure out now how are you going to run the operation and how are you going to move forward because you're going to move forward. The league doesn't shut down and stop and just say the season's over and we're not going to finish the season because there was an incident. And I, I'm not trying to be cold about this. No, that's the reality. Of the the reality is you're yeah. going to finish the season. So now you have to start thinking, separate from the issue of this poor gentleman's health, you have to start thinking, how are we going to functionally finish the season? And there's no good time to do that. You just got to do it. So it is what it is. Well, and that's why, ideally, I would have liked to have seen them maybe find a way to finish the game. Now, that would have required perhaps having the NFC playoffs start, the AFC playoffs backed up, and then the NFC team has a little extra rest heading into the Super Bowl. I understand you would have given a conference an unfair edge, but my feeling is the Bills and the Bengals, and I know right now there are far more important things, at least from Buffalo's perspective, but I think when they'll look back maybe – few years down the road, they're going to realize, man, we came so close to locking up a number one seed and this well, and that and a lot on the line. You know, and it changes the perspective. I did like the other scenario, but again, there would have been people who who would have been badly punished and penalized. And that was play this weekend's games, allow for a week 19. Well, which have, is what I'm saying. Have the yeah. Bills and Bengals play next Sunday. Correct. I'm with you. One game. Okay. Standalone game. Yep. Push... All of the playoffs back a week okay. and eliminate the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Wipe out the Pro Bowl week. And I know the Vegas people would have been really, oh. really unhappy about that. <laughs> and there would have been a lot of economic impact on that. But I would have easily, easily said thumbs up to that. Wipe out the Pro Bowl week. Super Bowl only has one week after the championship game. Everything says status quo. To me, that would have, from a football perspective impacted things the least yeah i'm with you but it would have destroyed all of whatever was arranged for pro bowl week in las vegas quite frankly i could give a horse's butt about that but we all know in reality there are a lot of business implications and those things unfortunately cannot be ignored i'm a football guy i i care for the integrity of the game the solution we just talked about would have been the best yeah from a football perspective but I don't think that would have happened realistically. Well, actually, realistically, when you think about it, Paul, so all you're doing is you're just eliminating the participants on the conference championship teams from playing in the Pro Bowl. You could still hold the Pro Bowl. You just need to make up for any of the guys that were going to take part who were on the conference championship teams. Small sacrifice, meaning you don't have to cancel the Vegas event. You could just have that go up on the same weekend of the conference championship games. Both conference championship oh, games oh, I see what you are mean. on Sunday. I see what you Move mean. the Pro Bowl to Saturday I, or whatever. I, I, or I do sus- it prior to the conference I championship games. I suspect that there would have been a lot of logistics and economic hits that people would not have wanted to take. No, I'm sure. Now, again, I'm a football guy. I care about football, but whatever. Yeah, I just that I would have liked to have seen them mm. maybe kick around and adopt, but clearly they're not going in that direction. The players are not going to be backed up. And it's going to be a little bit of a different feel and setup in the AFC based on the fact that two teams did not play equal amount of games to the rest of the conference. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's open up the phone lines at 201-939-4513. But first, a few reminders. The Giants Huddle podcast, make sure to go subscribe. Podcast features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts, an episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst, and then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with a current Giants player, an exclusive sit-down with Bob Papa and head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. Search for the Giants Huddle. It's on your favorite podcast platform, or you can listen on the Giants app as well as Giants.com slash podcast. Giants TV is the official connected TV streaming app. It brings you original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free. It's on Apple TV, Roku, the Amazon Fire TV, as well as the Giants mobile app. All right, with that being said, let's open up the lines. We start the festivities off with Travis and Queens joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Travis? Hey, fellas. How you guys doing? Happy New Year's and all that. Same to you. Hi. What's on your mind? Uh, um, so, my thing, what's up with Kenny Galladay? Like, you, do you think this would be his debut? Travis, probably the, how many weeks are no. we going to go with questions being asked about Kenny Galladay? We're going to go right to the very end, apparently. Every week we give you the same answer. That shit. Oh, well, no, well, you got to forgive me because I have it. Okay. Like, well, like, yeah. I just listened yesterday, and and I didn't, I didn't hear anything. So, I was just curious about maybe, hopefully, this would be a week that he can. Because if you're going to tell me that, like, like he's a done deal, and then what What would be the scenario if they was to cut him? Well, no, it's possible, to your point, he could get additional playing time if that's what you're referencing this week. There's no doubt right, about right, it, especially. What but what yeah. I'm saying is, is that if you're then going with, well, the production that perhaps he could have in this game is then going to carry over into the postseason or it's going to be an indication of what's yet to come, I would not go that far. Got you. So, so my question to you, so you guys wouldn't want to uh, see him in the playoffs at all? Well, he's go- He's played a little bit in the last few games. I mean, the snaps are not overwhelming, but if you think that they'll play him against Philly, and let's say he plays a lot of snaps, and Paul, he leads the team in receiving, all of a sudden they're going to go into the first playoff game, and now they're going to remove other guys who have gotten top reps because they're going to find more ways for Kenny Galladay? I find that hard to believe. I have no answer for the Kenny Galladay mystery. Uh, it is. Yeah. It has been the biggest question of my 40 years covering this team. I cannot find an answer. I do not know what the answer is. Uh, I've I've given up trying to find it. I think after the season, I will do a little bit more digging when it's a little more prudent and more important. Because right now, this team got where it got without him, and they're going to right, keep right. going without him. Okay, got you. That makes sense. And another thing too. Uh, like, like the old line, right? Like I envision, like my dream old line for this season would have been Gate at center, um, Shane Lemieux at left guard, 
and right guard the uh, kid from North Carolina. But I know he got injured. Well, he Zudu. Back, Zudu uh, or McKeithen? Yeah, Zudu. Who are you talking about? Zudu. Okay. Well, I mean, two of the guys you yeah. mentioned got hurt. Uh, both. Right, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. But, <laughs> I, like, it's too late for them to change strikes now, right? Like, they might lose the line. Well, Lemieux the is on. It is, well, it, the two guys you mentioned, they're on IR. Even if, it, even if you said it's too late, they're not an option to get back on the field, Travis. It's not realistic. Oh, okay. They can't. Yeah. They can't oh, okay. They can't even get back on the field. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. And last point, right? Yo, yesterday, I, like, I, I, I've been listening to you guys for some years now, about three, four years, right? And Charlie forever just has been going crazy, uh-oh, right? Uh-oh, uh-oh. No, so, just let Travis, go. please, yeah, please no, do no, not I, reference I, him. I, I have to. No, no, Travis. I'm telling. No, Travis. I'm. T- I'm stepping in. I made a new rule. Listen, if you want to call in the other host, I am not fielding a reaction to other callers on this show. I'm just not doing it. There's no, no point. No, there's but- no substance. There's no value. If you want to uh, air out your grievances with another caller, find that individual on social media and have a battle royale. I'm not wasting all of our viewers and listeners' time because you want to make a point to another caller. I'm just. I'm not going to stand. I know. I'm not. I, I got you, but. But I think no. he played in the XFL, and he got CTE because, you know, he's still talking about Danny, which is crazy. Well, but, look, I think right, Danny Travis, nicknamed yeah. should Travis, be. thank you. We got yeah. to let, let you go I, with that. We got to let you go with that. I don't want to make jokes about, you know, people and whether or not it's, they it's, played or whatever. It's not worth it. Yes. This is why I made that clear, if you remember, Paul, on Monday's show. We have a habit of other callers calling up, and they want to send messages, cryptic messages to other callers. This show is not here so you can send messages to other callers, okay? That's not the type of rodeo that I'm running here. I don't blame you. With that being said, let's head back to the phone lines. Cliff is in New York joining us here on BBKL. What's happening, Cliff? Hey, guys. Thanks for all the stuff today, as usual. Um, Listen, on the uh, who plays and who doesn't play on Sunday for us... um, uh, I think I've got some strawberry ice cream for you. Uh, you know, when when we were when we were got to be when we beat the Ravens, I think that made us five and one, and then we even were six and one. I remember thinking, well, this is very nice, but I really don't want to go to the Super Bowl with this team, you know. And and because of that, I haven't really been that excited about getting into the playoffs. I think it's wonderful, but I, I want to know about the big picture. How who plays this weekend affects the big picture. And Dable's been very consistent you know, about, about what his objectives are and, and how he goes about meeting them. And one of the objectives is, has been to be competitive in the division. And I, I wonder, now, if, if three-fifths of the offensive line really should sit, then I don't want Daniel out there, I don't think. Okay, but see, it, now you're using logic. That's a good move. Well, <laughs> you've inspired me. What can I tell you? Thank you. <laughs> um, uh uh, but if, if those guys can play, I mean, I'm thinking how it, we, we haven't all week. I haven't heard anybody mention like moving to be more competitive in the division was definitely one of the goals this year. And I, I, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go all out in the last game. But um, they are, especially if Minshew is the guy that's playing. They well, are, not, they there's a good do- chance Jalen Hurts may be back on the field. He's been practicing this week. Yeah, I know. Either way. Either way, they've been on the downside. We've been on the upside. They're looking more. They're looking more and more like the team that's having the worst thing possible to happen to a good team, which is to peak too soon. And if it's just because Jalen got hurt, then it, then then that's not an issue. But but uh, I want to know: Does it count 
that that we we really needed to be more competitive in the division. See, when I look at the power rankings that they put up on the website today, uh, I'm not offended at all that we're not in the top five, and I'm not offended that we're in the bottom of the second five. You know, I'm very happy with where my team well, has Well, Cliff, gone let me ask you a question. Let, let me just jump yeah. in here. When was the last time that somebody's random power rankings influenced the outcome of the NFL season? No, no, no. I'm just so, – it influences my sense of progress and well, my team. Well, but why? But, but Cliff, no, I'm just curious. Why, though? If you just admitted that it has no influence on the outcome of games or the season, then why does it even right. influence your mindset then? Well, because I like support for my point of view when I see it in print. <laughs> okay, so this is so it's the philosophy of if I jump off the bridge and everybody follows, it makes me feel better about myself. That type of, that, you know, that, that, that's what you like to subscribe to. You like the okay. pats on the back. Lance, it's like how you're always trying to sway Paul to your side. Yes, apparently. There you, know, you go. You know, he's adopted that philosophy, Cliff. No, I was just curious why. Well, in all seriousness, Cliff, though, I don't think – Dable is thinking about when you worded it the long-term perspective he's just saying how do we get through this week and then turn our attention to the postseason I don't think in his mind he's saying well if I play my starters and we are within five to the Eagles late in the fourth quarter we're going to have a really good divisional record in 2023 no not the record well not the record of the feeling about being competitive in the division we were really badly outclassed roster-wise by both the Cowboys and the Eagles this year, and it was very obvious. All right, I'm going to make it simple for you, and I don't want to cut you off, but i got to make it simple because we're just going nowhere here. The truth of the matter is the rosters as they stood this season, Philly was the class of the conference, okay? They were heavyweights. The Giants were middleweights. The Giants know this. Joe Shane knows this. Brian Dable knows this. The entire coaching staff knows this. They are not of that caliber. So going out there and putting your starters in harm's way by trying to bust your butt and be competitive against an Eagles team that in all likelihood is still the class of the NFC makes absolutely no sense. There's no feel-good to doing that. I'm sorry, there's just not. No, it's not a feel-good, but we've gotten a lot better. We're really on the upswing. We've really got something going now. And I think we want to at least show we can compete with these guys at least better bunk. than we did the last I'm sorry, time. my man. It's bunk. Yeah, You'll feel a lot better if you beat Minnesota in the playoffs next week than if you compete against Philadelphia and then get whacked by the Vikings. Come on. No, if they're hurt, they should sit. If they're hurt, they should sit. I'm down with that. That's fine. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cliff, the other thing is, as I mentioned earlier, you could be competitive with a team one year, and then the following year it's a completely different story. Right. I don't really nothing. think it, it holds much weight at all. Same thing with if you have a good divisional record one year, you're not guaranteed to pick up where you left off. So I don't think that's on the minds of the coaching staff because also, and Cliff, appreciate the phone call, I think, to your point, Paul, Joe Shane and Brian Dable also know the roster's going to change next season. Absolutely. Guys are going to come and go. That happens with every team every year. So if you go out there and you say, okay, we want to use this as a litmus test game. Well, if 20 guys who played and played an influential role are not even on your roster anymore, what difference, Paul, Mm -hmm. does it make at the end of the day? That's why I don't think that enters the conversation of the mindset. I was simply, I brought up playing the starters, Paul, and not to rehash, you were here, but it was more of momentum into the playoffs. It has nothing to do about the long-term effect that it may hold this year as well as into next year. I would only add one thing here, and that is Brian Dable 
is coaching this game seriously against Philadelphia. I do believe that he's going to be on my side of the fence and will rest as many starters as he possibly mathematically can. I do, I do believe that, and I think he's right to do it. Now, having said that, I also believe whoever he puts out on that field, he's going to expect 150% effort from them. He's going to want to see execution and focus. And you know what? God willing, if they give Philadelphia a good fight with a bunch of those fellas who are on the uh, back on the depth chart, well, all the more power to them and to him. And you know what? If this is a five-point game in the fourth quarter, trust me, he's going to coach the game to win. He will try to win the game. But, but he'll try to win the game with those guys who are playing, not necessarily the guys who he does not wish to play. And I don't think effort's going to even be a question. Not at all. If the guys on the back end of the depth chart are playing. This is their chance yeah, to get in the been, game. They've been itching to get on the field. So you know they're going to play hard because, once again, they may not be guaranteed to be on That's this right. roster next year. They will play means, their butts off. Which means you want to put good film out there so that if somebody else in a scouting department catches their eye or your attention, then all of a sudden you may have a roster spot elsewhere. No doubt. I mean, if 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 Zimenez or Roche goes out there and has three sacks on Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia on Sunday, you don't think that's going to be a real eye-opener and something that's going to make them feel incredibly accomplished? Yeah, it gives them an opportunity to further evaluate their depth chart entering the offseason. Maybe Tomon Fox gets, yeah. gets three sacks. Correct. Maybe that's a big deal. Maybe that's a big breakout for him. Yeah, yeah effort's not going to be a problem for the Giants. Because I think a lot of these guys who haven't gotten much time are going to be extremely hungry to go out there. That's more on the Eagles to come to the realization that even if they're not playing the giant starters, doesn't mean these guys are going to come out and go through the motions and so forth. Let's head back to the phone lines. Jerome is in Charlotte joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Jerome? Hey, guys. I love the show. And, uh, Paul, I agree more with you. I understand your point, Lance. But um, I believe we got to rest our top guys that so they be fresh for the playoffs. I believe if the ball can bounce our way a few times once we, you know, once it gets started, we, you know, we always been the underdog. Who knows? We might be sneaking to the Super Bowl. You know, you know what, my man? Here's the thing: if you get dumped in the postseason after game one or game two, whatever it is, whenever you get eliminated in the postseason. You want it to be because you got beat. You don't want it to be because you didn't have enough healthy players or that your guys ran out of gas, right? I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, we, Giants, throughout the years, when we have made the play, um, Super Bowl, it was at the right time and we were fully healthy. Um, well, keep in mind, in fairness, in that 2007 game, Jerome, few guys got beat up and banged up and did not play the following week against the Bucks. O'Hara and Madison both got hurt in the finale against the Patriots. Didn't they lose somebody in the secondary, too, I thought? That got Madison, Sam yeah, Madison. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Sam Madison else. missed the yeah. first two rounds of the playoffs, came back as a uh, sub-package guy. Uh, uh, Aaron Ross had to start the whole full postseason, and uh, Gray Rugamer had to start the first game against Tampa Bay because O'Hara had gotten injured. And well, uh, was, what was his name? Blackman came, who made that interception against Grant. Um, was it Grant? Down, way downfield, 50 yards. He made that interception. Well, R.W. McQuarters had, had a pick in each one of those uh, playoff games. But it was somebody was, was 
running against the re- um, a tight end. Well, the Super Bowl was Chase Blackburn yeah, you're who talking had the about, pick against Gronk. Yeah, you're talking about 2011. Yeah, that's, that's what you're totally, referencing. That's we a were talking year. about 07. That's a different year. Yeah, that's a different year with Blackburn. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Blackburn did, Jerome, make the interception, but that's a different run. Right. The other thing that I wanted to bring up on a related note, the common element also in both of those Super Bowl runs was not only were they playing their best football late in the season, meaningful football. Remember, that Cowboys game was yes. to determine the division in the last game and of the season. And they were a hell of a lot healthier than they are, you know, this past month. Well, but what I'm saying is... A lot is healthier the, and a much better team than they are now. Without a doubt. But the point is that momentum was building into the postseason. There wasn't any dry period where it was like, okay, we're going to take a step back, reevaluate. That's my point. That's where I'm coming from. Go ahead, Jerome. Well, we the, the last... Um, Two games. I've been very happy. I'm a truck driver, and my company is based right outside of Dallas. And so I'm, I love it when they lose. I do not want them to win the division. I would rather rest our players, let Philly have it, so Dallas can, you know, won't have a title, and hopefully Tampa Bay will, you know, handle their business, which they did the last two times they played them. Well, keep- and it will be peace in the land. And um, one point before I, I, I um, get you know dismissed from y'all is that if we do win a Super Bowl, unfortunately, Galloway, will, Kenny Galloway, will get a get a ring for nothing. Well, but, I mean, listen, there's a lot of guys in sports that appreciate the full call, Jerome, that may have not been huge contributors and still get a ring. Eddie Curry got a ring with the Miami Heat. Okay, if you're looking for a fair parallel, and if you don't follow the NBA, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know exactly who Eddie Curry is. Yes, okay. But there are tons of examples like that. I I wouldn't necessarily get overwhelmed by that. Though I was a little confused with the last caller's point because it seemed like he was arguing on one hand, Paul, he doesn't want Philadelphia to win the NFC East, but then he also doesn't want Dallas to win. Well, somebody's going to win the title, number one. And number two, the Cowboys would then avoid the Bucs, by the way, if the Eagles lose and the Cowboys win. Dallas would not play Tampa Bay in the first right. round because they wouldn't be the 4-5 That's correct. matchup. So there's some mathematical equations that I think need That's to okay. be worked out there in terms of the psychological mind. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's head back to the lines. Jimmy is in Rose Hill joining us here on BBKL. What's happening, Jimmy? Hey, guys. How are you? Good Hi. talking to you again. You're right. It's been a while. It's been a, been a pretty good year for us, Paul. Every every uh, fall weekend, uh, the alma mater's done well, and here the Giants are heading off, uh, heading off to the playoffs. So yeah, Fordham Rams, a- man. What a season they had. Yeah, great season. Great Talk season. about offense, huh? 
<laughs> of course, <laughs> the defense was invisible, but that, <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, you know what? It's the, the fact is, the fact is, Paulie, that's that's uh, endemic and throughout throughout entire college football. It's just it's tough to watch sometimes these games. But I anyway, gotcha. <laughs> anyway, um, a quick point on on who to play, who not to play. Um, I think if a guy, I think if, if anybody's been watching the games, um, there are guys clearly that could use some downtime. And unfortunately, even though we missed four games, I think Evan Neal could probably afford to sit. There's something else besides the knee going on with him. I don't know what it is. Let him sit. And then, and then they, they did it at the end of the Colt game. Get Pert some time and get the uh, Phillips. Is that the other? Tyree Tyree Phillips. Yep. Let them let them run on the let them run on the right side, and and if Andrew Thomas is in any way shape of if he's got a cold, but then you know, but again, you, you still have to get starters out there, and uh, but I, I think it's yeah, not you can't bench to get everybody. Backups. You, right, exactly, absolutely. One thing though, just a big a big picture, guys, and then I'll I'll get off the phone because I'm sure you got a lot of people. Uh, Paulie knows this, but Joe Moorhead used to coach Fordham, and I spent a lot of time in the locker room with Joe talking to the guys, and he's the first guy that I heard used the expression, no one rises to low expectations. And on his podcast yesterday, Papa, the, the Banks Papa podcast, uh, Bob made a, made a reference to that too in terms of expectations, how the media, we as stands. If anybody tells you that they saw this coming, <laughs> to quote uh, the guy with the Jets, I want to see the receipts. This has been, but in I think what Bob is getting at and what Joe is getting at is the players never had low expectations. Sure. Dable never had low ex. They came in and they had a certain they had a certain idea as to what type of team they wanted to put together, how they were going to coach him. And so they established those expectations I think in that locker room very early on. So so this is a team I think that that personifies the thought behind that expression, no one rises to low expectations. Um, anyway, it's a wonderful season. I can't wait for the playoffs to start. I can relax this Sunday take down some Christmas decorations, and then get ready for whatever it is we see in two weeks. So anyway, thanks for, thanks for letting me vent there, guys. Sounds Hi, good, Jimmy. Jim. Appreciate the phone call. Happy New Year. The players' mentality is completely different than anybody who covers this league because players also understand that the shelf life is very short. You know, They're not thinking long-term, oh, well, I'm going to be following this team for 20 years, so the ball is likely going to bounce our way. If they know that they have an opportunity to do some damage in a season, they're going to capitalize. They're going to take advantage. It reminds me of the last caller's point. Every year, players always ask, you know, do you think you're going to win the division? And there was a year that Dak Prescott, Paul, I don't know if you recall, this is recent history. Mm -hmm. Dak was asked about what he thinks about the Cowboys' chances of winning the division. And Dak goes, I think we're going to win the division. Right. And people were criticizing him for that. Right. So what is Dak supposed to say? Is he supposed to say, no, you know what? We don't we have a chance. We met as a team and we decided <laughs> we're going to go for fourth place in the <laughs> NFC East. Who's with me? I mean, do you really think Giants players in the locker room got together and said, well, the power oh. rankings on ESPN have us 30th. So, you know, we're going to try to finish 29th right. this season. I, I just I laugh and I chuckle, Paul, when people who cover this sport as well as consume this sport think that the players' mentality is like that. If you have a player's mentality that's like that, they don't belong in an NFL locker room. You're right. That's my response. One thousand percent.
So yeah, there was nobody that cared about the expectations that were placed on a team or whatever. If guys know that they've got something special, they're going to go out, they're going to work hard, they're going to try to put together a string of victories, and at the end of the year, if it adds up, great, they go to the playoffs. But they're not studying the power rankings on a weekly basis and saying, oh, they're not giving us a chance, that's it. we got to mail it in here. Alex is in Syracuse joining us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Alex? Hey, guys, how you doing today? Thanks for having me on. Doing right. Yep, thanks for the call. What do you got for us? Hey, so talking about what everybody's talking about, I kind of just want to add another dimension. I totally agree with you, Paul. I think giving some of these guys a rest is a great idea, but I think it goes to what you were talking about before as well, which is I think there's a lot of guys on this team that are fresh, that are hungry, that either want to put some stuff on tape for hopefully, you know, trying to be here next year and or, you know, putting some stuff on tape for wherever they may hope to go next year. Um, And I think, again, I also think it goes to Brian Dable's sort of year-long – thing of of next guy up right which you hear everybody say but it's been true of this team right a lot of these second third string players have been playing all year because other guys have been hurt so it's not like i don't think you're going to see a really different giant team and i certainly don't think they're going to try any less hard to win no matter who plays Um, and my bigger point and i'd love to get your thoughts on this is one guy in particular that i do think has gotten maybe even less of a chance than some of the other guys this year is tyrod taylor now I'm, i'm a i'm a dj guy through and through since day one so don't get me wrong, but I've also been a Tyrod Taylor fan since he was a Bills uh, player way long ago, and I also think he's a guy that I've been saying all year, don't sleep on Tyrod Taylor. Uh, if something were to happen to Daniel, you know, God forbid, I, I had faith in Tyrod Taylor all year because I watched his career, and I think that that guy is a guy that's still got some serious game in him. And So I think if he gets a chance to start this week against the Eagles, I wouldn't look at that as, as just a full-on you know, defeat from Brian Dable, just a, a giving up of the game. I, I, think, I think Tyrod Taylor can do some stuff. Uh, that will surprise maybe a lot of people. And uh, I kind of hope to see it, both so that Daniel can get a rest, but also because I miss the entire Rod Taylor play. And so I'd be really excited to see it, and I'd just love to get your thoughts on that. All right, Alex, well, we'll let you go on that note. And we talked about this all offseason, Paul. They needed to upgrade the backup quarterback position, and Mm -hmm. Taylor answered that call. So, yeah, I would echo the last caller's sentiments. If they're going to play Tyrod Taylor, A, they have confidence that he can handle his own. He's mobile enough and has some running ability where they can run similar concepts that they would if Daniel was the quarterback. And we've seen him come in for Daniel at times. And Remember, he got concussed on a play where he was trying to run for some extra yardage to pick up the first down. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't question the competitiveness of this team if Tyrod Taylor is under center because – we knew that would definitely be an upgrade compared to what they threw out there last season. Mike Glennon just signed with the Dolphins this week. Believe I saw it that. Or not, he's going to be the backup for their regular season. Well, finale. they're dealing with issues with two, obviously. And Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I will say this. Don't count out Davis Webb this week. I think we may finally get an opportunity to see him play in a regular season game. Makes and, sense. And throw some passes. Uh, because, you know, the one thing that you have to understand, all the guys who've been on the practice squad all season long, they have sweat, they have bled, they have ached and and gone through all of the trials and tribulations that this team has gone through. And one thing about Brian Dable, he's true to his word, and he's told all those guys, work, 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 work. There'll be an instance during the season where we're going to need you. And, you know, if you look at the Giants practice squad roster, there's one guy on that practice squad roster who's been here the entire season since training camp, has never gotten a call up, and has done everything they've asked. That's Jay Sean Corbin, the wide receiver, uh, the running back out of Florida State. 
I'd love to see him get a chance, to be frank with you, because it would be rewarding his efforts for everything that he's done. But they've got a couple of running backs already in Breida and Brightwell, who I think will carry the load in and the game. And you can only call up two guys. Right. So I, I don't know how likely it is that he's going to get the call, but if he does, I'll be rooting for him. I'm not ashamed to admit that. And I think Davis Webb, we don't know if he's going to come back next year as a player or not. Remember, there have been talk, talks about him being a coach, a quarterback's coach, an offensive quality control coach. Sure. If this is Davis's last hurrah, I don't know if they've even talked to him about that, but if he's not going to come back, what better reward than to give this guy, who has been a coach's favorite, than to activate him for this game and to give him a chance to actually put something in the record books. Because right now, in his, what, six years in the league, the, the only game that he's ever gotten to play in was the last Jets year's game, game right? against the Jets when he came in the final two minutes and handed the ball off and didn't even get to throw a pass. Okay? The reward to this guy for being such a great guy who has, unfortunately, by circumstances, never gotten an opportunity, I think this would be a heck of a way to, to pay him back for some of his, his, his labor. They could maybe split the game, have Taylor I could see right play two I quarters. I could absolutely Davis see Davis Webb play the other two. Yeah. I could absolutely see it. Well, if you remember, Paul, it's interesting you brought that up. I forget which game, maybe two, three weeks ago, he was activated from the practice. Yes. Part. And Dable was asked, well, why did you bring Davis Webb up? And he says, it was something that Joe, myself, and Davis all discussed. We talked about this. It was this. a reward. It was a reward, exactly. Because he yeah. got a 53-man game check instead of a practice squad check yep. that week. So, so this- that was a financial reward. I think Davis Webb would love nothing more than to actually take some real snaps and throw a pass. And what he's meant to the quarterback room also had a very good preseason. I could see that. I, yeah. I, I think you I think you'll see Davis Webb this week. My that's just an opinion. Well, here's the thing. If Daniel is not playing, then you're gonna have to call up Davis Webb anyway, right? Because right. you need him to back up so why, Taylor. So, so why not? So play that's him? a no brainer. So why not play yeah, him? Exactly. I have a quick question for you guys. That's uh, always dangerous, but we'll do you worry try to listen. at all about putting these quarterbacks back there, especially if the Eagles are starting their defensive line and everything? Well, that what? goes back to what Pearson, a caller, brought up. I think it was Cliff earlier, Paul, mm-hmm. right, where it said if you don't start three of the five starting offensive linemen, do you want to put Daniel behind the All the more reason Daniel does not play, so, yeah, in my opinion. To your point, Pearson, I do think it's something that you certainly have to consider. Now, they've rotated some offensive linemen this season. So it depends on who we're talking about is out of the equation. That would definitely influence my philosophy. But, you know, here's another thing to consider. And I brought this up several weeks ago when we were trying to go through what the Eagles are going to have to play for. Philadelphia could bench all of its starters and it'd still be a tough challenge for the Giants starting offensive line because of the depth they have. Plus, Robert Quinn may return this week. Mm-hmm. They started up his clock, returning mm-hmm. to practice. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, one of their starting safeties. So the Eagles are starting to get healthier, guys that weren't even around for the first Giants game. But, yeah, that's a fair point, Pearson. That would be definitely something, if I'm a coach, if I'm not going to have the top guys protecting the quarterback, then do you want to expose your quarterback to that? All factors that are worthy of bringing to the forefront. Rob is in Yonkers joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Rob? Hey, good afternoon, guys. How are we doing? Um, the first thing I want to do is thank you guys for always keeping me up to date. Just just because of this podcast and interviews, I'm always up to date. Always up to date. Thanks to you guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate, we appreciate that. your interest. Yeah. Um, okay, so I hope I hope we don't start none of our starters. That's one. Um, two. I hope we 
we don't make this a part two of getting blown out because I watch ESPN a lot. That's what everyone is saying. So I hope our defense and our offense plays where we make this a close game. That's what I hope. Well, that'd be fine. And and to be honest, again, Dable's going to try to win the game. I think he's yeah. going to try to win it with, with his backups, but they're going to play their butts off. And to some degree, okay, to some degree, remember, there is a possibility the Giants could even play Philly down the road in the playoffs. That could happen. So what do you want to do? You want to play this game with some physicality and some attitude just to make sure that the Philadelphia starters, which you'll be scouting very, very closely with the thought that you might see them in a couple of weeks, you're, yeah. going, you're going to want to make them understand that if they're playing the Giants, no matter who on the depth chart is involved in that game, it's going to be tough, hard, physical, and you're going to feel some black and blues. You want your backups to go out there and send a message to the Eagles that even our backups are going to scrap and fight even if you beat us up and the scoreboard says it's one-sided, we're going to make sure you know you played in a game by the time it's over. I, 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 agree, I, I agree with you 100% on that one. Um, and I have, I, have one more, I have one more thing. Um, to Paul, I was watching, uh, I think it was January 1st when you guys were talking. I agree, I agree with both of you guys, but I think the win here, that when we beat the Colts, it, was, it just felt much better because we were, we were home. We was like, if we would have won in 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 in, uh, in Viking in Viking territory, it would have been all right. But we're here around a whole giant family, so I I agree. The the win here just felt much better. It enhanced the celebration. Yes. Uh, all right. Thank you guys. Yes, and sir. All right, Rob. All right. Looks like we lost Rob. Not sure what his last point was. Listen, when it comes to the NFL. If you could take care of business and handle your business, get in when you, you can capitalize. get in. Yeah, you don't say, "Well, we'll conveniently wait till we're back home the following week." I don't disagree with that, and I and I did say, "Hey, if you can seal it up against Minnesota, you do it." But there will be a silver lining if if you have to wait till the Colts game yeah. because that home celebration that this stadium put on the other day, uh, I I happen to know someone, a very dear friend of the family. Um, actually registered the decibels it got up to 108 decibels in that stadium on sunday what do they bring a monitor with them to the game is that what you're a sound monitor that apparently apple with their new technologies and their watches and stuff they have a sound monitor that can send you warnings about you're in danger with your hearing because of the environment sound yep well the stadium got up to 108 decibels I believe it was late, late third quarter is what he told me, uh, which was the highest mark of the afternoon. For most of the day, it was over 90, but got up to 108 during the course of the game. I don't know what the I'm highest— I'm looking up. I'm looking up the Seahawks stadium. Seahawks see... and, and Kansas City are the two yeah. loudest in the, in the, in the uh, NFL. So it says here the Seahawks, they set the Guinness World Record— at 136.6 wow. decibels during a third quarter goal line stand. And that surpassed the previous record of 131.9 decibels, which was set by the same crowd in the first quarter 
of that game. Mm -hmm. This is against the San Francisco 49ers in a Sunday night game. This was back in 2013. Now, remember, Seattle has an unfair advantage in this competition against Kansas City because they go back and forth all the time about their decibel level. Yep. The problem with this fight, it's not fair. Seattle has that partial roof over the, way it's the crowd. They actually did. I know this for a fact because I, I talked to someone who was involved in the blueprints of it. They constructed the Seattle Stadium with sound engineers who were specifically told, do what you can with that partial roof to get the mechanics of the sound waves yep. to bounce back, echo, and be enhanced. That's smart. Well, because the NFL doesn't him. have rules to prevent this. Well, it's just like baseball, right? You can hit a home run in one park, and then right. all of a sudden you go to another park. So It's a no true different. home field advantage. Yeah. So so the sound engineers helped out with the, uh, engin with the uh, mechanical folks engineering the blueprints to enhance the sound of Seattle's stadium. So they're going to have an unfair advantage over anybody when it comes into the, the acoustics and the decibel level. So I kind of salute Kansas City as having the real non-steroid era <laughs> sound championship, if you will. Performance-enhanced sound is what we're going to Yes, exactly. Oh, this, is, this is tremendous. We're going to have new debates now in the world of sports, whether or not your fans earned the decibel level. Or I, I'm supporting Kansas as City as having, having the natural record. Gotcha. Well, listen, if the Giants got to 108, you said, yes. is what it was measured at, and the record is 136, and that's a sizable disparity. Well, so it was loud, it meant life, but they still got ways to go. Consider, again, uh, these fans have not had as much really to cheer about over the last many years, and so this was their chance to explode, and I'm sure that if the Giants were to give them more reasons, they'll try to boost it up even higher. And this building does not hold sound well. Okay, it doesn't. Yep. I mean, the configuration. They did not go to a sound engineer to try <laughs> to help and enhance their audio at MetLife Stadium. So they're going to have a disadvantage, if you will. Well, keep in mind also you need to have another team agree to the parameters of the stadium here compared to Seattle this is doesn't true. need the approval of an AFC team. This is true. Just and what do Jets fans have to cheer about well, anyway? I wasn't necessarily taking a shot at them. I was just saying that you have to have a compromise for okay. two teams. Okay, that's what I was getting at. Before we wrap up, one other thing I do want to bring up that we did not bring up is Adoree Jackson and the approach to Adoree this week. Value in playing him a little bit just to brush the rust off in anticipation of him being full go for the first round playoff game. I would not play him. Okay, so you're staying consistent. I'm staying consistent. Okay. I would consider throwing him out there for a few reps here or there. I do think there's something to be said about not giving him his first taste of action come the playoffs that you maybe want to get his feet wet. So I wouldn't be against, I'm not talking about a quarter. You want to give him seven, eight snaps just to get his feet wet. I'd have no issue with that. I would not throw a tantrum against it. Okay. But I would not play him. Gotcha. All right. So you're still 
paddling away from my island, but that's fine. It's okay. I wasn't trying to convince you to come aboard, okay? There's room on the bandwagon. I want you to know, Paul, there's a lot of room on this bandwagon. The pineapple tastes fine just okay. here. All right. Well, you know, I have some other ingredients that we could throw on the pineapple to spice things up, but that's fine. Hey, um, to each their own. All right. I'm happy with the pineapple I have. That's fine. We will revisit this, I'm sure, at a later date. With that being said, that is going to wrap up Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. We appreciate everybody tuning in. So it's a 4.25 p.m. Eastern kickoff on Sunday. Thankfully, we get to wait around to do our pregame <laughs> show. And there's a little sarcasm added into that for those of you not sensing it. So our pregame show starts at 2.10 p.m. Eastern on WFAN. We will have a lengthy pregame show as a result of the pushback in time. But you can check it out on WFAN, Giants.com, the mobile app as well as the Odyssey app, too, in which they stream WFAN radio. So stay locked to that for coverage on Sunday. For Paul Dottino, I'm Lance Meadow. A reminder that today's episode is part of the Giants platforms everywhere at Giants.com slash podcast. We'll be back up and running on Monday right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a good one. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.